people express themselves on Facebook. I got a false sense that people were ready for, for action, to have meaningful dialogue, but also to to force the country to change in certain things, you know? Like with Fismas Fall, I expected way more support from, from the other adults, especially recovering coconuts, recovering model C. I think we mistake English privilege for class privilege. Then Aditya Maisanyu all the time. Now the fact that pro-land politics are spoken about by everyone, it means that we're getting there with the consciousness and I've been particularly impressed by the students. So they say FOMO is the most addictive drug known to men. And at the heart of that is our inability to unplug from social media. We find ourselves caught up in the virtual worlds of certain individuals. We are vested as they post one manifesto after the other. One individual who's got me enthralled on these Facebook streets is Marcelo Motana. Motana is a vocal historian and one mean storyteller. We caught up with her somewhere in the belly of Josie to talk about the woke generation and how language on social media is the biggest marker of where we are in the revolution. I am Kakhiso Mnesi, and this is I Know What You're Thinking. So we're not ready for a revolution? Unfortunately not. We're not ready in terms of the immediate, but we are getting ready mentally, which is which is a comforting thing. But because of the whole way people express themselves on Facebook, I got a false sense that people were ready for, for action, to have meaningful dialogue, but also to to force the country to change in certain things, you know? Like with Fismas Fall, I expected way more support from, from the other adults. Uh, especially recovering coconuts, recovering model C, people who are saying we are going through this process and this is what whiteness has done to us and now we're doing our own things. I really expected more more support from that market, so to speak. Um, so I, it did give me a false sense of readiness and whenever I've planned stuff as an activist, few people really pitch up and it's always been like that over the years, but when the Facebook thing became bigger, I thought, oh, okay, there's more other people outside of my own immediate circle of people who won't come to, to, to action. And then people would make so much noise, and then when it comes to doing stuff, they wouldn't really pitch up. So yeah. it was quite disappointing. Facebook life, real life, are they one and the same? We can do philosophical gymnastics all day on that one. <laughs> Maybe in the next podcast. We, however, can't downplay how language and class are ever-present in our social media activity. I think we mistake English privilege for class privilege. Then Aditya Maisanyu all the time. Some people are in the upper class, the, the elite, and they have obviously the English privilege. And then most of us have English privilege, but we don't have material privilege. So, as a middle class, I want to die every time people keep saying they are middle class. Because we confuse that, confuse like English privilege. They say to be on these streets, you gotta be woke brush up on those land politics and you can only claim credit if your wokeness transcends the smartphone in your hand good luck with that there's been a very big movement of of, of consciousness on a bigger scale because you know, some of us have been in this sort of 
we've been in this sort of mindset for quite a while, you know, where it was University of Yeovil, that everyone was on that same page. But once you stepped out of Yeovil, there wasn't the same, it would be only certain people. Um, but now the fact that pro-land politics are spoken about by everyone, it means that we're getting there with the consciousness. And I've been particularly impressed by the students, which is really the younger generation. And I think they'll be the ones that are ready. You know, they're cool with not having a, a seat at a table. They're clear about it for now because they haven't been co-opted into working for these companies. Because Rona, the people that are older than the uh, FISMA's full generation, we're still negotiating a seat at the table, you know, and we still think that's important. So it is very interesting to be active on Facebook at this time when so many things are changing, so many minds are changing, people are getting awakened to things, but people can also get misinformed very quickly. But hey, your version of wokeness might be a bit problematic. And here's how. I'm forever surprised by how little people know, really. Because they say they're educated, so it's a weird space how people can get teased for very banal English mistakes. And the same people who are making all those jokes and memes can't string a sentence together. But then again, I think this is a problem within that certain bracket. Yeah, English privilege. Because when you look at other people without they use Facebook, it's not a thing. It's not an issue that must be discussed. Isn't going to use my favorite Facebook group at the moment. I think it's revolutionary. I think it's amazing. And the fact that it's mostly in Skosa breaks this thing here, but it's only elite blacks who are on, on social media when we raise issues when it suits people they say yeah it's good that these issues have been raised and then sninning they say oh but how many people are on facebook please man listen you know smartphone a lot of people are on face just because they're not part of the groups you part of oh that that's where the snobbishness comes in and for me this isn't a phenomenon proved that it's not a certain group, and I even dispute their eliteness, anyways. Spend my time alone, lost inside my thoughts. Spend my time at home, I need to get away. Find that hard to smile, nothing's making sense. Of all the things I lost, I miss you. Cause I wanna be free from these chains that are binding me. Marcelo has been challenging the status quo since 2001. As a TV host, actress, published writer, musician, and most of all, activist. But to some of us, she's a healer. There happens to be this concern of, of, the, of the identity and the spiritual well-being and the development of, of us as a people. And I found that I like using that space to express um, restorative narratives as a person who's been decolonizing for a very long time. So 
I'm using it as a space for Fafata, certain ideas, certain views, and, and trying. There's definitely an outcry from, from a lot of people that, hey, there's something wrong with us, we need to fix something. So as someone who started going through that process in 2001, I've learned through so many people, it's not really about me, but the sort of people that I encountered in that year and who taught me more about how I can decolonize. There's a baggage of experience and knowledge coming with it when, when you are disseminating it to people and people sometimes think it's about you but it's not really it's just and I know sometimes I, I can be a bit impatient because I'm like guys you are definitely crying about something but our offer solution this is the, the frustrating thing you know things must still be packaged things must be in a book things must be able to be explainable in English like even when we say we are trying to figure out a new way for our continent we still do it through a white lens or a colonial lens or through like a long drive, you know, and sometimes I think people are not really, they're reluctant to do that work because now you, you're telling them to walk away from English and now English privilege is a thing. So it's a bit of a, they want to change, but now they're not going to be able to use words like epistemology, intersectionality, dichotomy. So what can and as we find ourselves addicted to constant engagement via our phones and iPads, what's the cost to the brain? What's the cost to our humanity? The joy of missing out is slowly becoming a rarity. The thin line between the sacred space. Um, I had a funny moment the other day where I wanted to record and post something and I had to be like, no, oh, actually you can chill and be a first-hand listener. I was listening to birds under a tree and I was looking at them and I was like, oh! Why am I not recording this? And I was like, no, actually, the first record is of the mind and the senses. This is only uh, these mics and things. They're only auxiliary, they're secondary. And, but now we've made phones the primary device, you know, which cuts off the intimacy out of life. Because there are some things that I really think people should not be sharing with anyone. But real that you want a more face and you're like, ah! The idea of Facebook friendship is one of those big ironies that we are all well aware of. But when they're genuine, like that of Masilo and author Pinyavanga Wanaina, the mold gets broken a bit. Pinyavanga is a highly, highly expressive person. So, and, and I'm also a highly expressive person. But much to popular, contrary to popular belief, um, I'm a very good listener as well. When, I'm, when I meet a teacher, I know it, so, so I would just chill and listen and hear it and I'd just be like, oh, what have I done to deserve this? And we spoke about so many things. Um, he's also going through, through a change and, ask, and repositioning his attitudes towards decoloniality and finding he's been resistant to learn his, his language for certain reasons. So we had very, very interesting conversations and he taught me a lot of history, which is a, a, a passion and a practice of mine. So just to learn from someone like him, because we, we're very isolated and we only operate in South Africa, America, we only operate in South African, American or European narratives. We really relate as a people to people on the continent you know so it really opened up my eyes he inboxed me the other day saying that you know, i should come through and i'm like no i'm starting a school damn 
I'm so sad. I'm missing. Uh, I mean, I'm happy that we're starting a beautiful project, but um, some friends of mine are moving to Uganda. They're going to Makerere. I've always wanted to study at Makerere since I was a kid. Um, because I thought, I thought apartheid was going to go on for a long time when I was a child. So I thought, okay, when I'm 15, I'm going to Zim. And then after that, I'm going to Makerere University. So I've always wanted to go there, you know. So my friends are moving there. Two of my friends are moving there to start some programs. And then Binyavanga is saying I must come to Kenya. But now I've started this uh, curriculum development center in, in Mahalisberg. So that's the direction of, I think it's a culmination of all my life's experience has led me. So I'm feeling very relaxed. Um, I'm even wondering if I should stay on Facebook. <laughs> because of the wanting to deal with the real things. I'm, I'm never sure whether this audience is real or not. A day doesn't go by without there being headlines about net neutrality an internet controlled less by tech giants such as Facebook. This is an internet that doesn't discriminate in terms of language, class, race, and has us, the people using it, in control of our experiences. This is after all what Marcelo is speaking to. And most of all, our credibility as the so-called woke generation has to go through some critique if ever we want change. There after all isn't anything more woke than diverse perspectives through diverse dialects. This has been I Know What You're Thinking with me, Kachisomnis.